Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Casting live from the Liquor Barn Studios, you're listening to The Diener Show on ESPN 680, 105.7, and 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Blankenbaker. Welcome back to The Diener Show here on ESPN 680, 105.7, and 93.9 The Ville. Louisville basketball is at North Carolina, 7.30 here on 93.9 The Ville. In Arizona versus USC at 10 o'clock on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Tomorrow, we'll have the Louisville women's basketball at Clemson, 6.30 on 93.9 The Ville. And then Saturday, uh, Louisville basketball at Wake Forest at starting at 10.30 a.m. for that noon game. And then uh, we'll have Baylor versus Texans, Ravens versus Texans, Bellarmine basketball at Eastern Kentucky. Um, that'll be on 6.80. We'll have Niners Packers on both sticks uh, late night Saturday. And then on Sunday, Lions versus the Bucks at 2.30 on 680. We'll have Louisville women's basketball on 93.9 The Ville starting at 1.30 and then later that night on the Bills and Chiefs will be on both uh, 680.1057 and 93.9 The Ville. We'll have all that for you coming up. And also the high school hour presented by the Cutter Group tonight, 6 o'clock on 680 and 105.7 and then Louisville Sports Live at 7 o'clock on 93.9 The Ville. You're going to hear Ethan Moore on that Louisville Sports Live first before the game on 93.9. How's mm-hmm. that going to work tonight? I don't we're start. Is it going to be a half an hour of Louisville Sports Live? Is that what we're doing? So either way, you're going to hear Ethan Moore talk about Kalen DeBoer yeah. saying that Alabama is the standard. Yeah. Because that's what he wants to hear out of his coach here in Louisville is that Louisville is the standard. We're not moving for you. Charlie Strong used to be like, they're going to become us. We're not going to become them. Mm-hmm. Meaning, they're going to live up to this standard. And that's what Kenny Payne needs to understand, is that you're going to live up to the standard or you're going to go. And that's why this is going the way it's going. And so, uh, tonight, Louisville is a 22-point dog. Okay, I went back to see if we were ever a 22-point dog before. And, and then also games that we could have won during that period so uh this goes back to like 1992 mm-hmm. right the database does uh, we were a bigger underdog one time um and this was in on new year's eve of last year of 2022 when we played kentucky and we actually covered the game mm-hmm. we were 23 and a half point dogs wow okay that was kenny Payne. okay And most of the biggest spreads in Louisville basketball history have happened under Kenny Payne. 
Okay. Yeah, the biggest spreads against against us. Right. Yes. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve of the worst fifteen spreads going back to nineteen ninety two. And I only searched from uh sixteen. No, fifteen. I, I all I did was search for fifteen where Louisville is a fifteen point underdog or worse. Mm-hmm. It's happened eighteen times since nineteen ninety two. Fifteen of them have happened under Kenny Payne. Okay. Wow. Just to put that in perspective, it never happened under Rick Pitino. Mm-hmm. It happened three times under Denny Crum. Okay. And Denny Crum won. Uh, uh, he won one of those games against Kentucky, an outright winner. And that was a game that Marcus Maven played in. Mm-hmm. The other two he lost, but he covered one of those games against North Carolina. He was a 15-point underdog in 1997, just a couple weeks prior to that game against Kentucky. And then in 1995, uh, Louisville was a 16-and-a-half-point underdog to Kentucky in December 23rd of 95. And, and, and really, those are three Denny Crum games. Kenny Payne, in less than two years, has had 15 games where he is a 15-point or more underdog. And I will tell you this, he won one of those games. Yeah. The most recent win that we have against Miami, Louisville was a 16-and-a-half-point underdog, and they outright won that game. Uh, but that's the only one. you got to go all the way back to that game against Marcus Maben uh, in 1990 with Marcus Maben in it that Louisville outright won a game. So, you know, kudos for breaking a 27 27- uh, your old uh, streak, yeah, <laughs> I, I suppose, yeah. and but a road win streak. But we hadn't lost streak. We hadn't been a, a fifteen point underdog or more since that time. Like until until you started coaching. Yeah. So you know it's it's really kind of a it's bad. You know it's it's really bad to be a twenty two and a half point dog. The only the only time we've ever been worse than that was the two thousand and twenty two game mm-hmm. uh, last year against Kentucky. And you know? so really in our history. This is the second biggest spread tonight in Louisville basketball history as Louisville an underdog. So, go figure. Um, go figure. That's where we are. So, which way would you bet with the spread? I don't know. I mean, probably, probably just go Carolina with the spread. Yeah, because they're yeah. a good. They're a veteran team. They're a really good defensive team. I feel like we'll get frustrated. It's on the road. It's hard to lay twenty-two in a conference game. I'm, I'm not going to bet it. No, you know, I'm, I'm not going to bet it, but uh, I think uh, probably wisdom would tell you to probably scoop up the 22. It's a lot of points. Yeah, but I just can't. I can't. I can't do it. Now we've played good offensively, but it's defensively we're still really bad. And there's they've got Armando Bacon, RJ Davis, and transition, and they're they're yeah, going to get up yeah. and down the floor. So even when we make shots, transition defense struggles, which yeah. is. is troubling you know like usually when you make shots you get a chance to set up not let the other team fast break Carolina's gonna break whenever they can they're smart enough to realize when they can break um and they'll do it quickly and they just go yeah and they just they just go all the time and Huntley Hatfield can he challenge him with with Burns this (laughs) this is a this is a challenge this is probably a bigger challenge with Armando Baycott oh played oh gosh yeah I mean I mean Armando Baycott eight years ago is in the NBA yeah you know but the NBA has changed so mm-hmm. now like Zach Eady and Armando Baycott are guys that are in college basketball that historically aren't here at this point mm-hmm. so it's kind of weird that that's happening but did you watch a lot of college basketball last night 
I watched a little of IU Purdue, and it that you paid for the Peacock, huh? Uh, yeah, I, I have it. I have it. I have oh, that's right, the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. I got to watch the Premier League. Okay, <laughs> um, but I watched it. it. It felt like IU was doing everything that they could to keep it close, and Purdue was just kind of like, okay, when are you guys gonna? You know, it was like it was like watching a heavyweight fight where it's like one of the boxers is still got a lot of stamina left and yeah. the other one's just flailing trying to throw some punches they're just trying to survive yeah 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 and, and didn't i mean know. purdue's is good you know they have yeah. zach Eady. indiana's not you know i mean they're four and three in the big 10 and they're 12 and six but i would kill right now for indiana's right oh yeah now. i would like personally like but they're not good no they're and, and that's kind of like when we go back to our evaluation of louisville's like yeah like indiana that's a good record right now we would take that right now Mm-hmm. But that's not good enough. So, <laughs> and we'll see. I mean, we'll see how they do. They're not. They're not great, and they're definitely not an Indiana standard. We should have beat Indiana. Yeah, we should have. That big guy is talented. Down, down low, the mm-hmm. left-handed. I can't remember his name. Um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and but they have pieces. You know, they're is probably not <laughs> performing to what they thought was going to happen. He so. needs to run to the border. Oh, yeah. He needs to go Taco Bell. That's what he needs. He just needs his Taco Bell. He's got to flip it. He needs his cheesy gordita. <laughs> if, he, if he got his cheesy gordita, he would he'd be good. Uh, I liked coming home yesterday. I guess they were uh, in seeing Tennessee and Florida at like mm-hmm. 5 o'clock. Was that for the Australian Open? I'm is not that, sure. Is that why they played at 5 o'clock yesterday? But oh, I liked it. I, give me a 5 o'clock game all the time. Give me a little happy hour game. I like that a lot. Uh, and, you know, it was just unfortunate that Florida didn't play very well at all. Tennessee kind of uh, – it was kind of boring game ultimately because Tennessee was just that much better than Florida. But, no, nah, man, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I have it here as uh, weather conditions impacting travel apparently because it was uh, – Oh, was it supposed to be a Sunday game? It or was supposed a, to be 7 and then oh. and they apparently had to move it up. I guess because of Tennessee traveling back to Knoxville. Probably, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I liked it that it was at five o'clock. I think they should do that more often. Uh, and then you watch the the overtime Tang game. Yes. I guess Jerome yeah. Tang moved to ten and zero in overtime games. Yeah. It, that game was was fun to watch. When I tuned in with ten minutes left in the second, it was you know thirty six to thirty seven or something. It was under forty, and yeah, you just don't see that very often anymore. No. You know, like the low scoring they were i mean all the players were giving all effort the whole time i watched and i can't even believe that i have to say that but it you know (laughs) defensively offensively they were getting up and down the uh, court one thing i'll say i was very impressed with tyler perry who i know we were in the discussion for um yeah he's a he's a player he made some mistakes but is like it rolled off his back he iced the game with some free throws and I mean that that game could have featured our next coach. Yeah, I mean, it could yeah. be Jerome Tang. It could be Scott Drew. Uh, I would probably go Scott Drew in this scenario, even though he did lose to um, Jerome Tang in Manhattan. You yeah. know, but still, I mean, an exciting game, exciting brand of basketball. The Big Twelve is where it's at in hoops mm-hmm. this year. The Big Twelve and the Big East. That's, I mean, that's where the best basketball is being played. Uh, it's pretty pretty awesome to see. Now, Rick Pitino. <laughs> He, he said he hates losing so much that he he wants to die after. It didn't mean he had to go out there and get COVID, Rick. You know, he missed yesterday's game uh, with COVID. Steve Massiello had to coach for him. 
because uh, he was not uh, on the bench because uh, he he picked up the bug. Mm-hmm. So that is a was uh, <laughs> really kind of weird, and and they started out terribly. I don't know if you got to watch that game at all. No, but, I but heard about it. man, yeah. Seton Hall and Shaheen Holloway, they just. They just shut St. John's down offensively yeah. for the majority of the game. And, uh, yeah, Rick, man. <laughs> you don't want to be Stevie Mass today. No, no, you do not. Because Rick Patino couldn't yeah. coach his team. After hearing about Lieberman, Lieberman yeah. stories, it's, yeah, you don't want to be. You don't want to be Stevie Massiello because now he you coached this team to a 15-point loss, and he had to sit there and watch it on television while he's sick. Uh huh. This is gonna go really well for you. So, but my favorite game of the night, the, and it was unranked teams. It was uh, Wake Forest, NC State. Technical fouls going everywhere. We had headbutts. Keats got kicked out early in the game. Guy goes up for a uh, layup, and Jeff Anderson. You know, are you familiar with Jeff Anderson at all? Is the ref? They're the ref with high knees. Not well. Yes. Now that you say that, yeah, I understand. What, yeah, you see him at the Yum Center a lot, and everybody's yeah. like, "What is he doing?" And he's always doing like weird stuff. Yeah, he's a decent official, but he blew that call. And then, and I knew Keats was getting teed up because a Wake Forest player, Keats was so far on the pl- on the floor, a Wake Forest player like ran up the floor with between Keats and his bench. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, "Well, Keats is getting teed up there," and he did. And then and then Anderson warned him. And Keats was like, I'm telling you how I feel right now. You are going to know how I feel. Got thrown out of the game. It's a great ejection. You don't see that from Kevin Keats very often, but it was awesome. I loved it. You know, love to see that out of your coach, stand up for your team. And then there were fights. And then who was the player? Who was the player that was double burden Wake Forest? It was Horn, right? Horn. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Man. So he's going to the free throw line. The game's in hand. And he just double birds the Wake Forest <laughs> players that are in front of him, and and, and he became my new favorite player. Became and that's that's one of those things. Like, let me. Uh, I guess it's like you know when LLS dunked against Clemson last year. Yeah, where it was like at the end of the game when nobody was even guarding him. Oh yeah, it was against anybody. Clemson, right? Yeah, that's something that as a fan you love to see it. But you also hope that he's probably running today at practice. You hope the coach holds him a little bit of responsible for it. But it is awesome as a fan. I don't know. I mean, they were headbutting. They were fighting Wake Forest, oh, yeah, NC yeah, State. Yeah, yeah. They were going on. It was a game for double birds. It really was. Yeah. It was a game for that. So, And, and you know what was funny? Bring up that L. Ellis dunk. Yeah. Kenny Payne, after the game, was talking about how uh, he didn't want to see that. Yeah. You remember that big brawl game that Louisville had against South Carolina back in the 80s? And there were like players like leaving the floor and fans got involved and all this other stuff. I haven't heard about that Went one. Went to actually. overtime? Oh. Yeah. Go back and, go back I'll, and watch, I'll, I'll watch Louisville, that. South yeah. Carolina. It was a, it's an epic fight game. Okay? okay. At the end of that game, time's running out. A dunk was made, a punctuation dunk, just like L. Ellis did against Clemson mm-hmm. by Kenny Payne. Oh. <laughs> That is not what I expected yeah. you to say right there. And I'm there. like, you ought to know exactly what L. Ellis is doing because he dunked against South Carolina after that. Yeah. And it was an emotional night. Now, there wasn't a fight or anything like that in the Clemson game. It wasn't like that. But it was an emotional night, 2013 National Championship, a lot of energy in the building. L. Ellis, you know, they got that, they got that win, and he dunked. And I'm like, didn't you dunk against South Carolina when it didn't matter? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. That's, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's definitely something I'll watch. Yeah, you should watch uh, everybody, uh, you know, uh, everybody, or you should watch, everybody should watch that. Your age should watch that South Carolina game. You should definitely yeah. watch that. Yeah. Diener's texting me, uh, Katie 
Katie's number. Oh, so okay. I guess we're going to do I've dating got, with yeah. Katie. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll do Kate, dating with Katie here uh, in the 930 segment. Uh, we'll definitely do that. So uh, I don't know. I guess I maybe got a charger. I don't know. Got a charger. Or is he just enjoying Florida? Which is fine with me. Yeah. Totally yeah. No, fine he, with me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm he glad can, he went down there. I guess there were no flight delays. I didn't hear about any travel hiccups for Deaners, so that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Down there on Hollywood Beach. I wonder what the temperature is there right now. I'll look this up. I think, I think it I think it's supposed to get up to seventy. Intern Max looks because he's he's a little jealous back here. <laughs> Intern Max is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh man, I, you know, if it wasn't for these daggone kids, I'd be in Florida right now. <laughs> If it wasn't for my kids you going... You should go tell them that. Yeah. No, if it wasn't home. for yeah. you... Uh, <laughs> no, 72 cloudy tomorrow, 78, Friday 80, Ugh. Saturday's back down to 70. But if you get 78 and 80, Thursday and Friday, it's worth the trip. Worth yeah. the trip. Yeah. Yeah, worth the trip. But man, those cocktail prices in Hollywood, Florida... I mean, I might as well have been I in know. South Beach. Yeah. When, like, when you said that, Bill, I... Yeah. Was there three nights... $800 in just food and beverage. Oh. I added up. My wife was even surprised by that. She was like, really? And I sent her to the thing. And so whatever. But um, want to get to this Jeff Goodman thing before. Because okay. yeah. we, got, we got Dating with Katie coming up. Mm-hmm. And we'll do that. Um, which I have absolutely nothing prepared for Dating with Katie. We'll have to come up with something on okay. that. But yeah. Jeff Goodman. Um, Jeff Goodman ranked all the worst hires since 2000. And Kenny Payne was number one okay and and he comes out with the year that he's hired his record he's 10 and 38 he's 3 and 22 in um in conference and league play he's got a 21 percent winning percentage he's never been to the postseason and this is what he says and then we'll talk about this Payne seemed like the perfect choice and he had complete support to take over the program as a former Louisville star who played in the NBA and then worked as a longtime college assistant prior to taking over the Cardinals. Payne had been working with an assistant coach with the New York Knicks in March 22. He replaced Chris Mack in Louisville and he's been beyond miserable. The Cardinals only won four games in his first season. They are six and ten this season with back-to-back losses at DePaul and at home against Arkansas State. It's almost unfathomable about how low uh, Payne has taken this one-story program that has won three national titles. Unfathomable. It's without fathom. Uh, yeah, I've said that before too, multiple times. Like when we lost to Arkansas State. No, no, the Arkansas yeah. State loss was yeah. ridiculous. I went on Tyree. I had to hold it together because I sat next to the Arkansas State AD and had a really good conversation with him the whole mm-hmm. game, mostly about football. But and he was because he used to be the deputy AD at uh, Alabama under Greg Byrne. Oh, wow. so he, and Nick Saban hired him from the Orange Bowl. So he had all these Saban stories and all this stuff. It was really cool to talk to him. But I'm sitting here watching the game next to the Arkansas State AD boiling. Mm-hmm. that we're losing and he's really happy because this team's playing great i don't even what has arkansas state done since then oh, i'm gonna look this up so this is, arkansas state basketball it shouldn't even matter we shouldn't be looking up arkansas state uh what 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 league are they in are they in the Sun Belt? i have i honestly don't know it it was the manner in which they lost to where it was just a layup line yeah where i was you know the word unfathomable they're seven and ten came out of my mouth quite a few times they're seven and ten that's actually better than i thought it would be they beat us by 12 okay at home yeah belmont they they came back and lost to belmont by four georgia state beat them by one they beat georgia southern they've beaten old dominion 
and they're on a three-game winning streak here. And uh, ten, ten, uh, they beat Texas State by three. They lost to Louisiana Lafayette, and they play Southern Miss tonight at eight o'clock. So, yeah, they they beat us. I mean, they, they didn't even beat they they beat us by twelve. They you know the worst team they beat this year was Georgia Southern by twenty six. All these other teams are beating and not by twelve. Uh-huh. You know so. Yeah, like it was a terrible loss, and and when you lose to DePaul, who's they're still a three win team. Yeah, come right on, man. That. Come on, man. Like that, you just can't have that. So, but Jeff Goodman going after him. Some of this, you always got to read Goodman a little bit. He's friends with Chris Mack. Okay. Yeah. Very much disagreed with what we said. So, oh man, we got all sorts of uh, text in here. So, uh, Goodman has for some reason has an axe to grind with either Payne or U of L or both. Goodman's axe to grind is with John Calipari specifically, mm-hmm. and anybody associated with John Calipari does not like John Calipari, but also mad at U of L for firing or with what happened at uh, with Max. So, yeah. Uh, T- Texter said the Tennessee game moved up to the weather in Tennessee. Roads were bad. Only going to get worse after dark. Okay, got that. Uh, did you see Nate Oates push the other team's player? I did see a video of it. I didn't see the game, though. I don't know how I felt about it. Yeah, it, you shouldn't. I mean, you obviously shouldn't, you know, put your hand on another player. But he didn't. I mean, it wasn't like a violent shove to the chest. He he. He did touch the player on the chest and right. moved him backwards, but it wasn't. Violent. But when you, I think, when you have your bench and you have somebody moving in an aggressive way towards your bench, yes, should you talk? Should you touch another player? No, no, you should not do that. But you also have a right to defend your area. Yes, and and I didn't think he did it aggressively. I think he touched the kid. The kid got the note, moved along. Mm-hmm. It didn't escalate. Thank God, because if it did. If like the kid had swatted his hand away or something like that, it could have really escalated. Now Missouri did have a player leave the bench, their bench, and come all the way down the court and didn't get caught, didn't get teed up for it. And I'm like, come on now, yeah. let's uh, Kim English, let's 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 uh, control our guys a little bit over here. But yeah, Nate Oates, interesting coach, going to be way too expensive for Louisville. Yeah, um, and yeah. I don't know that we like lots of threes, lives and dies by it. I don't know about it. I don't yeah. Know. I'll be honest. After watching Baylor Kansas State last night and the defense that they at least you're on board, I, I'm I'm on board with with either of those guys. To be honest with you, I, I'd rather I I think you I don't was think it would make to, the Jeff Goodman top uh, worst no. hires. We're number one. We're, yeah, we're, number, we're number one, one. in the go. worst hires. We're, we're since number one 2000. in something. Billy Gillespie was on it. Yeah, how about that? You could see that. Yeah, coming. and he you know as Diener always says, he was coach of the year at one point in the SEC. Yeah, so was Satterfield. Yeah. Satterfield was three and zero, but Satterfield isn't one of the worst hires. He's just—he actually turned out to be an okay hire since they paid us for him. Well, yeah, and I think for us, Satterfield steadied the boat. Yeah, you know, he steadied the boat, and it wasn't his fault. Jeff said no, mm-hmm. and he was in a terrible position the whole time he was here because everybody wanted Jeff Brom, and you know, it's not Jeff's fault, but it—it kind of is Jeff's fault. Yeah, you know. But that was kind of the situation Satterfield was in, and he was never really yeah. uh, accepted here. Well, with Scott, it was the football wasn't good enough, and the messaging he yeah. did not connect with yeah. our fan base at all. And with know, the, we with the weeknight games, and you know, and then yeah. he was never aspirational. Like, and I, I keep talking about Louisville needs to be aspirational. You have to climb the mountain. You can't be accepting. And mm-hmm. this is, I think, where a lot of Kentucky fans were. When Stoops was hired, go six and six, seven and five, we'll love you forever. That's where they were when they hired him. Yeah. And now they're like, 
well, are we not going to try to do better than this? Yeah, the tone, if we would have won that game, like we should have won that game. We should have won the game. Then, yeah, their tone towards Stoops would be even more negative than it than it already is this is the most negative i think i've heard it in a you know since the last time we beat them which was 2017 yeah. i think this is the most negative that, that kentucky fans have been towards stoops since then yeah i would agree and i think it's because they don't have they're not they don't have the upward trajectory yeah, no and i think a lot of people were but it's funny to see that standard move for kentucky because their standard or expectation was go 500 make a bowl game We'll love you forever. Yeah. He's done that. And beat Louisville. Right. And beat Louisville. And yeah. he's done that. Yeah. But still, for whatever reason, now they're like, now they want more. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. It's natural. And they've yeah. had a couple good, um, they've had a couple really nice years. That one year, they should have, if the, if the playoff was happening, they would have been in the playoff with Josh Allen. And that, I mean, he won the Bednarik. He was incredible in 2018. Uh, they probably wouldn't have fared well in the playoff, but who knows? Yeah. That's, that's the great thing about the playoff is that we get to find out. Uh, we get to find out who's good, who's not, things like that. So, uh, all right. So on the other side, we're going to continue to roll along here. Uh, it is Matzah Pie Wednesday. We've got the Kentucky post game show. We've got the Louisville post game show. We've got the Louisville game. Uh, we've got the high school hour. Uh, we've got Louisville Sports Live allegedly, uh, and the victory formation on Saturday uh, with Jeff Lightsey at 10 a.m. on 93.9 The Ville, and he'll roll you into the Wake Forest game that we'll have at noon. Uh, the coverage and broadcast that we have for them. So uh, on the other side, we'll continue to roll along, dating Katie, and uh, we'll we'll see what other stuff we can get into in the last segment here on the Diener Show on ESPN 680, 105.7 and 93.9 The Ville. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Casting live from the Liquor Barn Studios, you're listening to The Diener Show on ESPN 680, 105.7, and 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Blankenbaker. Welcome back to The Diener Show here on ESPN 680, 105.7, and 93.9 The Ville. We are going to have the high school hour at 6 o'clock tonight. Louisville at Carolina at 7.30 on 93.9 The Ville. The Kentucky postgame show at 9 o'clock-ish. And then we'll have the Louisville um, basketball postgame show from Kentucky or the, the, the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame show and then the Louisville postgame show from Coors Light. We'll also have Arizona versus USC at 10 o'clock on 680 and 105.7. We got Katie, uh, Katie Clark in from Dating with Katie, uh, like we do every single Wednesday. Katie, we, no Diener this week. He's gone to Florida by himself. How are you doing? I I think, what what should we talk about, Mark? Oh, I love it, actually. Yeah, it's <laughs> great. But, uh, you know, did you, when you were single before you were married, did you go on vacations by yourself? Did you go to, like, the movie? Did you go to, like, dinner on your own and stuff like that? 
So always a great question. I actually met my husband because I went out by myself. Um, I did travel by myself, although I found I don't love traveling by myself. It's a lot of money to invest. And uh, I realized I got really lonely when I traveled. I went to France for a week during Christmas because I didn't have my kids. Mm. Um, some people love it, though. Some people really love just getting away and, and stepping out and, and doing it single and solo. So if you love it, do it. But I, I could handle a little bit more like eating dinner out by myself. I'd go to bars and you know restaurants that have great bars and get to know the bartender is what I always say. And you know I was... Sit strategically is another clue. Actually, podcast 44, I talked all about going out solo. And um, so, yeah, I, I do think some people love it, but I think it can kind of perpetuate staying single when you keep doing everything solo. I have a girlfriend. She's 39, never married. She goes on these fabulous vacations with her girlfriends or she'll go by herself. And I'm like, take that time and go date. Go meet a man. You know, mm -hmm. you're not going to. Here's what I thought. She's like, well, I'm just going to meet him at this fancy hotel I'm staying at. I said, any man at a fancy hotel during a vacation season, it's probably with a woman. Men don't go out solo like that. So I don't know. I could be wrong. But, um, you know, if you really want to be with someone, you need to invest in that, not flying around the world by yourself. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I feel like if you want to – if you're at a fancy hotel – you're, you know, you're probably, you're probably right. He's probably got a, a lady upstairs, you know, or something like yeah. that, or, but, yeah. but maybe like a mid range hotel, you know, it might be, it might be a business type thing. You know, he's being more practical for work or something, maybe somewhere in there, but the big fancy one, I don't, you're, you're probably, can you tell me more about sitting strategically? Cause I'm interested in that. So yeah, the, yeah, I love exactly what you just said. You've got to be strategic. So I'll use my girlfriend to finish off that example. She makes a lot of money, so she likes to travel the world and go to luxury resorts by herself. You're not going to find a, a man by himself at a luxury resort. But right. to what your, your testament is that he will be more strategic and he'll be at a singles you know, hotel or he'll be you know, spending a little bit less money and staying in an all-inclusive. You know, that's not the Ritz-Carlton. Um, so you have to be strategic. And when I go into a restaurant, when I was single, I literally would look around the bar. I'd maybe walk to the bathroom first. You know, I'd say, hey, bartender, I'm going to come take a seat, but give me a second. Um, you know, sometimes you have to clear space, too. So you kind of want to let the bartender know. It's so good to know the bartender. Um, let the bartender, hey, I'm going to come grab a seat real fast, but I'm going to run to the bathroom. Look when you're going to the bathroom. When you leave that bathroom, peek around. Are there any men? And always go on weeknights. Do not go on weekends. Because, again, at the bar, you're not going to see a lot of single men. But you will see them during the weekday because they're traveling for work. Um, and, and that's my husband. He travels for work, and he happened to be there. He was on a little corner section, so I strategically sat kitty corner to that and you know we just started talking and i have a, a a line that i use for everybody i mean you guys are good talkers i feel like you guys could talk to anybody what would be a line or strategic line that you you have Ooh. when you're out and about and you want to chat with someone it, it always depends i mean it's always situationally like i ne like right. when i was single it would be there something could happen in the bar something could be happening they could have some like a really cool drink they could be wearing something really interesting i would I would always just kind of think on my feet a little bit on that. I, I never had a canned thing. I don't know, Chase, do you have anything canned? No, I I introduced myself, asked ask for their name. That's pretty much where I was, that's where I lived. Hi, I'm <laughs> Chase. Here's my business card. No. That's not going to work. That's <laughs> no. not going to work. Not by, no. <laughs> 
I mean, I, I guess I would be with you, Mark, situationally. If you're at Starbucks and they're cute in front of you, you say, you know, I'm thinking of a new drink. What are you ordering today? Or if you're at a bar and they, they do have a drink or a meal in front of them, okay, what did you order and is it, it, should I get it? Yes, right? yes. Asking uh, their opinion. Help. Yes. Yeah. Ha- have you been here before? What are your recommendations? But here's one that I always use, and it actually um, happened to me. I was out with a big group of girlfriends, and this guy walks by, and he says, hey, what brings you ladies out tonight? And I feel like when you ask someone what brings you out tonight, oh, it, it kind of opens the door for them to be able to say, oh, well, my husband's at home, but I'm just working. Mm-hmm. Or So you can kind of get a little bit of intel if they're smart enough to kind of give you that detail if they're already taken. Or I'm with my single buddies, but I'm married. But those, those guys over there, they're all single. Like if that person is directive enough, you'll have a little bit more insight to the situation. But I always just use what brings you out tonight. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I do think that, you know, sitting strategically, but also like mixing up your company, I think really matters. Like I, um, a friend of mine, uh, you know, she was um, she was she was straight, but she would go out with uh, gay women and mm-hmm. she thought that she was like, what am I doing wrong here? And I'm like, well, I think because you're with. I think everybody thinks you're gay, but you're not, you know, and, and, you know, and, and, and so she started mixing up her company and she found somebody, you know, and I think sometimes okay. yeah. you, you got to mix up your company. Also, it's tough. Like intern Max, right? He's in here. Intern Max, he tells me he's scared of women. And, yeah. and I can't think of like, you know, I, I can relate to this a little bit because like if it's a group of women and I was single, right? It's tough to uh, to zero in on one and also penetrate the the group, you know, and try to get in there and be like, hey, what's, hey, I want to talk to her. How do you do that? As opposed to talk to the entire group. Yeah, that is a really tough one. You know, if you that one, I'm not even going to hit today because that could probably be a whole topic on its own. But but this is why I specifically say go out by yourself because oftentimes men don't want to come up to two girlfriends who are chatting, chatting. Because they don't want to be interruptive. And nowadays, women have gotten really rude in their retorts. Mm. You know, I was out with a girlfriend once, and it's, you know, kind of chubbier guy, but he's really fun. And I love it when a guy just puts in the effort. You can be the biggest dork in the room, but I'm like, A for effort. You know, ladies, <laughs> let's give this guy some credit, even though he might not be right. Uh, but this guy came up between my old, uh, she lived right below me, and uh, she was a single mom. And I just remember her being so rude to him. I thought, I'm never going out with her again. She... She turns her head, looks at him, and says, never. You'd never have a chance with us. And I was just horrified by just how rude she was. Ladies, it's good practice to flirt, even if you're not going to want to date with the guy. Like, it's flirting is a now a lost art. Uh, you know, because of either a few goofballs who kind of ruined it for you guys or a few cranky women who are just upset with all men. So it is really important just to just be like, thanks, and then quickly say, Love to chat with you, but we are going to have a girls' night here if that's what needs to be. Or chat with the guy. What does it hurt? You never know who you're meeting. That's one of the other things that I try to remind people. It doesn't matter what they look like, what they're wearing. You just never know who they are. And I'm a big believer in connections. So even if you're not going to date and marry the guy, who knows? Maybe he gets you a job. Maybe he knows somebody you know. So always be mindful and thoughtful and kind to you, people. You never know who you're talking to. That's for sure. You never know. <laughs> yeah. So w- what's the mood in Dallas after the Cowboys lost? How'd that go? 
I don't know. I don't know if he watched Dude with the Sign, but uh, he's on Instagram. He has, you know, he holds a sign up everywhere around New York City, and it's like check in on your Cowboys friends. <laughs> um, I don't see Dude with the Sign. That's funny. It was rough, man. It was definitely rough. I think that on top of the terribly cold weather just did not do Dallas well. I mean. I gotta be honest. I bailed out on Tuesday, and I'm in LA now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you, <laughs> so you left Texas to go to California <laughs> yeah. because of the cold weather. Well, I just left Texas because I needed a break. It's just too flat for me. I need a little beach. I need a little like sand. I need a little mountains. Too f- so too flat. Texas. It's a quick flight. I yeah, hear it's you. a quick flight, but. But I love the people. I love my husband. I love my house. I love my church. So we're good. There we go. All right. One of the things uh, intern Max, who's scared of women, wanted to know, he, <laughs> he saw on your Instagram, vetting without being a creep. And, and I, I, I am interested in that because there's a lot of different things you don't want to do that are creepy. And, and vetting is one, but also like following up, like with a text or a call, like maybe you've not, t- you know, may- maybe you've sent a question and it's been like a day. And you're wondering, like, did she see it? Did she not see it? Like, should I should I hit her back up? Like, what do I what do I do there? How do you how do you operate without being a creep? You know, let's let, we'll stick to that specific text question one because wow, texting can really bring up some serious trust issues and complications in dating. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of the availability that you have so quickly to ask someone, talk to someone, this did recently just happen. A buddy of mine, it talked to a girl 10 a.m. on a Friday. He texted her on Saturday morning before their date. Hey, looking forward to seeing you tonight. Never heard anything from her all day Saturday at oh, all. Wow. Period. Now, ladies, that's just rude. That is, I'm sad that you're acting that way, and you always have time to respond to a text politely. Um, and so he didn't go on the date. He, you know, I said an hour before your date, check one more time, and he did, and he heard nothing, so he didn't go. But, um, you know, give people space. People do work, and people mm-hmm. have different functions. Also, ask about like, hey, is text your best way of communication um, or just tell people straight out look if, if you're going to be texting me I have to tell you I don't check my text till later in the day or if we're better communicators about it but if she's not a good communicator about it really think is this somebody I'd want to date is right. this really somebody I'd want to be in a, in a relationship with because she's probably just flaky in general and that goes both ways if they're not good communicators I mean that's one of my five C's in podcast 31 and 32 Communication is everything in a relationship, and if they can't get back to you on a text, oh yeah, in you know, in an entire day, boy, you are not that important. So if if a woman is not mirroring your efforts, that's what I always say. If she doesn't mirror that effort, because we like you to do the effort. If she's not mirroring it, she's just not that into you. Yeah, and, and she doesn't deserve your effort. And there's a lot of guys and gals that can't get out of their own way, you know, on stuff like yeah. that. And, <laughs> you know, and it's like, why did I do that? I don't know, but I did it. And now I'm don't, you know, I've got something else going on Saturday night or something like that. A lot of people like that. We talk a lot about like how to dress, how to be, where to go. How do you hang on to like you while you're doing all that? Like if you're not like fancy, fancy, but you want to, but you want to put yourself in those situations how do you kind of hang on to yourself in the middle of all that? Well, I, I could say that I speak from that arena only because I'm from Long Beach, very blue collar, salt of the earth, worked since I was 13. And then, you know, I was a missionary for seven years, so I, I did not have a fancy life by any means. Um, but whenever I'd go out, I knew that, you know, at the same time, I liked nicer things. I'd go to Orange County. I'd go to these nicer restaurants. 
Um, and I do think up-leveling your clothing, your speech, you know, but also just being fun. So that's mm. what I find interesting is that I'm, number one, very down-to-earth, and that's what men liked about me. I'd be in these fancy restaurants with these women with red bottoms, and they're wearing their Hervé Laguerre dresses. I don't even know what that stuff was back then. <laughs> I, could, I could give two licks. And a quality man could care less either. He doesn't care if you have red bottoms on. It's true. He cares if you're happy, you're kind. So really just stick to the inner qualities that really make you stand out. Literally smiling nowadays with all these pouty lips and giant lips. I mean, the fact that you don't have overly large lips is probably a win to these guys because he knows that you're down to earth and you can handle aging. I mean, that's a win. <laughs> what do you do if you're not fun, though? What if you're What if you're not fun? Like what? Like well, then you just. And you deserve someone who's not fun either. That's your equal. (laughs) Man, I tell you Um, what, there's a lot of not fun people out there, but they have spouses. I don't understand. Yeah, but are they having fun? I mean, that's fine. Someone's got it. It's like there's a lot of jobs out there, and some people need to work at the DMV. Well, thank goodness people work at the DMV. You know, I'm not going to. There's no way there's a not fun person that works at the DMV that's married. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you got to at least have money if you're going to be not fun. Like, not what are we fun. doing? Yeah. <laughs> well, Katie, tell everybody I mean, about your about your services. What where they can find you, and and what you can offer to, if you want to help them. Uh, you know, find find the right person. Love it. Well, check out the Dating with Katie podcast, and that's K A T Y. Uh, check out my website. Instagram's another great way. I've got great courses that you can just take at home. Uh, I've got the podcast, and I've got matchmaking services. When you are done doing the swiping, I will do it all for you. So just reach out to me on the Work With Me button on Dating with Katie. Awesome. Katie Clark, thank you so much. We'll talk chat with you next Wednesday, and we'll hear about Diener's trip to Florida and maybe what <laughs> went down while he was down there. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Katie Clark, with us. So, yeah, what do, you, what do you think about that, Chase? The vetting thing was interesting. Is it like, is it creepy if you're not interested? But if you were interested, is it not creepy? I don't know. To I mean, me. this, this is where. So you have a girlfriend, right? I do. Okay. Yes. So some of these guys don't. Yeah, though. couple okay. couple interns. I don't. Okay. Think. All right. So you know, I, I I was always giving Mitch Hannigan advice, and he never. You know, Mitch. Heard of Mitch? I, yeah, I've heard of him. He was a producer. I was always giving Mitch advice. He never took it, and he he was scared of women too, like <laughs> Max. I think he's still scared of women. Uh, so oh, yeah, so we gotta we gotta do something with Max. We gotta we gotta send him to like a like a, a place where there's only women, so he only has to like yeah. you know just get comfortable. Sit strategically, Max. Sit strategically. Yeah. So I don't know about that, but no. So we've got Louisville, Carolina tonight, man. I'm not optimistic, but it is it is uh, a nine o'clock game, and we did beat Miami uh, most recently. So I don't know. Turn the tide. I don't know. What are they in the country? Number four in the country. Correct. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. climbing, and it's in Chapel Hill. It's in Chapel Hill. I don't know about that, man. I, I, yeah, yeah. I don't. With our transition defense, I don't see it going well, and I could very easily see it be a blowout because of that. Um. Our transition defense is really bad. That's even the after, worst part of our even team. Even after makes. Yeah. Like when you should be able to get back. Like, yeah. like a lot of times it's misses. You know, the, the ball comes off. You can you can move yeah. the ball up the floor. But even after makes, like Curtis Williams in the Miami game, the yeah. game we won, made a three out top. Yeah. And he was the only guy back. And I'm like, how? So it's one of those things like, because I've thought our offenses look better when we are moving, like mm. get, getting up and down. Our defense, maybe not, but you know, maybe they force them into some turnovers. Other teams, I don't think Carolina. I, I just, I don't, I don't see us being able to force those, mm-hmm. you know, seasoned vets into turnovers like that. You know, right. 
Like right. Baycott has always been able to throw outlet passes. R.J. Davis is old. He's he knows what he's doing. <laughs> old like, for college basketball. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he's still got bounce to his step. He's, yeah, no, he's he's a great player. He's a really good player. And you know, I think losing Caleb Love has made them better. I don't know what about Caleb Love. I mean, I think he's playing well out there at Arizona, as far as I can tell. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I need to check in on that and see how he's doing. But I mean, the record's good. Yeah, so, they're good. Uh, but sometimes you just need a, like a fresh start. And, and they've been together. Style. They've been together for so long, and maybe a different coach, or yeah. you know, whatever it is. And uh, but they've they've done a little addition by subtraction. And Jalen Withers tonight, he's playing like thirteen, fourteen minutes. Yeah, he's not really playing a lot. He'll stuff the statue. Although tonight, Dre though. Davis, baby, he's looking good at Seton Hall. I saw that. Did you watch that? Yeah, I've, yeah. I've I've seen him. He looks he looks good. I've seen them play a couple times. I like. I, I always like Dre Davis. I always, yeah, yeah. I always wanted Dre Davis to stick around here. Understand why he didn't. Probably a great move on his part. But yeah. man, I tell you what. So yeah, there's a lot of really good games tonight. Uh, you know, Louisville is going to be one of those. Uh, you know, oh, I, I hope we're one of those. How about that? I don't know that we will be one of those. I, I, I spoke too early. I sh- <laughs> shouldn't say that they're going to be one of the. But Creighton UConn, at, yeah. you know, that's an FS1 game. That's a great. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's tune in for that. It's going to be in stores. Uh, Mississippi State, Connecticut, Kentucky, uh, a good game. Ole Miss plays LSU, so we get to see a little Chris Beard on the SEC Network. Uh, and you know, this is the betting angle. Okay, this okay. is the betting angle. Uh, this is what we did in football. If you see an unranked team favored mm. over a ranked team like LSU is tonight, you should bet LSU. Right, like. Because it's weird. You see a rank, like Ole Miss yeah. is number 22. Uh, LSU is unranked. Everybody but, wants you to bet the But ranking. LSU's favored. Yeah. So you should be – so everybody's going to jump on Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. But really the side is laying the three and a half, even though it feels weird. Because for whatever reason, that ends up working out a lot. Florida State, Miami, we'll see uh, if that's anything tonight. Uh, a couple others of note – um, I'm trying to, West Virginia, Oklahoma is not going to be a game at all. I mean, you know, West Virginia is freaking terrible. Oklahoma is really good. Porter Mosier is a guy we need to talk more about, I think. You think so? I think so. I liked him at Loyola, Chicago. I really did. And then Houston, Texas Tech will be another great one in the Big 12 because it's, it's another night in the Big 12. Yeah. So you have that. Uh, Bruce Pearl versus Vanderbilt and Jerry Stackhouse, who's terrible. I don't know how. Yeah, we haven't talked about that, have we? Jerry Stackhouse needs to get fired. Yeah. yeah. And we'll see if Mick Cronin can get back on track uh, with UCLA and Arizona State. Uh, USC, Arizona, we're going to have that game at 10 o'clock on 680 and 1057. It's a matzo pie Wednesday. We'll get matzo pie in here around noon. Appreciate everybody listening. Tomorrow we'll have Rummage in here. We'll still talk football because Rummage will be around, but we'll also talk about Carolina Louisville. A little reaction, yeah. A little reaction. But we'll probably talk more football. Do our biggest underdog win <laughs> in the this history be, of the program. This would be, if Louisville wins, the biggest underdog outright victory in the history of the program. And it's the second largest underdog spread in the history of the program tonight. So, great job, everybody. Yeah. Great yeah, job, everybody. Great job. Uh, Get chum. Yeah, can't wait for the uh, letters of termination to come out in, t- in March. So, <laughs> all right. On the other side, we're going to have uh, Maven and Rubbage on 93.9 The Ville. We'll have Louis and Rabot, Louis Rabot uh, here on 680. We'll continue to roll along here on our daily program.